Unfortunately, the sort of individual who is programmed to ignore personal distress and keep pushing for the top is frequently programmed to disregard signs of grave and imminent danger as well. This forms the nub of a dilemma that every Everest climber eventually comes up against. In order to succeed, you must be exceedingly driven, but if you're too driven, you're likely to die. Above 26,000 feet, moreover, the line between appropriate zeal and reckless summit fever becomes grievously thin. Thus, the slopes of Everest are littered with corpses. Welcome back to Have You Read This, a podcast for bookworms, lovers of sarcasm, and coffee addicts. Now here is your host and purveyor of opinions, Jason Morrison. All right. It feels like there should be some kind of unspoken rule that if you plan to start a podcast where you talk about books that you love, you have to begin with the book that really started it all for you. And I guess since I'm talking about it, then I guess there's really not an unspoken rule. Look, I don't really have any rules. I just got a microphone and a couple of opinions and some books. So we're going to take it and run with it. Regardless, I wonder how many of you actually remember the book that helped you switch from a non-reader to a lover of books. I think it's odd that I can tell you so much about the books I've read years ago but I can't tell you what I ate for I can't tell you what I ate for dinner yesterday. I can even remember lyrics from songs in the 80s, but I can't remember some appointment or thing on the calendar that my my wife has texted me eight times about. But I can tell you this, with 100% certainty, that book, and if you're here right now, you would see my dramatic air quote movement with my hands. But that book for me is Into Thin Air by John Krakauer. I know I can't just tell you, hey, look, this is an awesome book, and just leave it at that. I mean, I, <laughs> I guess I could, but a two-minute podcast episode, <laughs> that doesn't really feel right to me. So it looks like I'm going to have a little bit more explaining to do. From his own website, John Krakauer will tell you he was raised in Oregon, graduated from Hampshire College in 76, worked as a carpenter and commercial salmon fisherman, and even lived in Alaska. And for some reason then, he decided that's when he was going to make the move to start a career as a writer. I got to say, I don't know anybody else who was a commercial fisherman and thought, that's going to be my transition into world-famous author, but Krakauer did it. But I would say he did far more than just start a career. One day. I will make the commitment to actually sit down and write a book. But when that magical day actually comes, I still don't see it as me starting a career in writing. And maybe that's just because I don't have a maybe I don't have a background as a commercial salmon fisherman in Alaska. But I don't see it as me starting a career in writing. But Krakauer obviously was a little different. It was almost like he was meant to do this work because as I have learned, he is very gifted at writing. So Krakauer is the author of a handful of books. And just to throw a couple of them out there, Into the Wild, Under the Banner of Heaven, A Story of Violent Faith, Where Men Win Glory, The Odyssey of Pat Tillman, and Missoula, Rape and the Justice System in a College Town. 
all of these I have went on to read because of how powerful Into Thin Air was. Krakauer won the Academy Award in Literature from the American Academy of Arts and Letters in 1999, which sounds extremely impressive because of just all the words in the name of that organization. The citation for that is worth repeating here because it sums up how I feel about his writing better than, better than I can. And he goes on to say this, Krakauer combines the tenacity and courage of the finest tradition of investigative journalism with the stylish subtlety and profound insight of the born writer. Now, I knew absolutely none of this when I stumbled across Into Thin Air. I was just trying to find that first book that would be the one to make me start reading on a regular basis. And the cover looked cool and the story was intriguing to me. But this book did more than just deliver on all of that. For those not familiar with this book, or even the movie that was later released, you might not be aware that Krakauer is not your typical author. He actually climbed Everest. Now, you don't just sit around and write books and then decide to summit one of the world's tallest peaks on a whim. And despite the commercialization of summiting Everest, how there's so many guides and accessories and technology now that are available, and all of this is still a, a heated topic of debate, you actually have to be in shape. Go figure. You're going to need some experience in climbing these type of peaks in order to do it. At the time, Krakauer was working for Outside Magazine, and he was actually going to write about the commercialization of summiting Everest. On this trip in May of 1996, Krakauer joined Rob Hall, who was a 35-year-old high-altitude guide from New Zealand. Now, Hall himself had been to the roof of the world four times, which is just mind-blowing to me. And on top of that, he also led nearly 40 climbers to the summit. I love the beginning of the Goodreads synopsis, and it starts off with this quote. When John Krakauer reached the summit of Mount Everest in the early afternoon of May 10th, 1996, he hadn't slept in 57 hours and was reeling from the brain-altering effects of oxygen depletion. Now, I'm the only man in a house full of women, so I can kind of somewhat relate to that feeling, but this guy climbed 29,028 feet to reach the summit, then came back down and wrote a book about it. And that's, a, that's an oversimplification of what actually happened. And just for a little perspective, I had, <laughs> I had trouble thinking through the outline of this episode without my morning coffee. So Krakauer and I are not the same. After reaching the summit and descending 3,000 feet to his tent, which took an incredible six hours, by the way, Krakauer was freezing, he was seeing things, he was suffering from exhaustion and hypoxia, but he was safe from this storm, which had produced 70-knot winds and blinding snow. In, in future episodes here, I figure it would make people less mad if I gave some type of a spoiler warning about what happens at the end of the book. But look, y'all, th let's be real. This happened in 1996. So if there's such a thing as statute of limitations or whatever you want to call it for giving away the ending, this happened almost 30 years ago. So I think we're way beyond all of that. Unfortunately, it's widely known that eight others on the expedition would die, including Rob Hall, who was their guide. What is not as well known are all of the details of the whole journey. And I think this is where Krakauer truly delivers. 
His ability to paint the picture for readers, it just really stands out. It takes takes little time at all to actually get so swept up in this expedition as if you're a part of it yourself. Now, me personally, I would prefer to read about the death zone rather than be stranded in it without supplemental oxygen, a recliner, I don't know, 20 heated blankets, a couple personal assistants, an endless supply of food, and (laughs) obviously some books to read, right? But this book was also not without a little bit of controversy. And it seems one of the one of the big disputes about Krakauer's account comes from Anatoly, who was working as a guide with another expedition, and they were making a summit attempt at the same time as Krakauer's group. Anatoly, I think, was working with Scott Fisher, who owned Mountain Madness, and Fisher had previously summited Everest without the use of supplemental oxygen, and he himself was said to be an excellent climber. You know, I'm trying to work on going grocery shopping and not needing supplemental oxygen just to get through the whole thing. So, you know, props to these guys. But according to Krakauer, Anatoly descended Everest before any of their clients. Naturally, Anatoly would say this was done out of concern for their safety and to prepare potential rescue efforts because of the storm and everything that was falling apart. And To his credit, he actually did save several lives. And Anatoly himself wrote a book about his experience that year. I have not yet read Anatoly's book, but noted that when I did read Krakauer's book, it was the 1999 paperback version, which contained a pretty long addition to the back of the book, something Krakauer claimed he rarely does. I guess he wanted to offer some additional feedback about this particular situation with Anatoly. And I think if you hop on YouTube, you can find interviews and and discussions about what exactly happened and some varying opinions on that. From what I have read lately to research this episode, Rob Hall's body still remains on the mountain close to the place where he died, just below the South Summit. Someone on Reddit offered this comment. And again, it's Reddit Lord only knows how true it is, but, um, and I'm going to run the risk of putting it in here anyway, but I'm sure if I screw this up, somebody will fact check me and cancel me into oblivion. But anyway, they said Rob Hall's body is buried under a pile of fallen snow just below and slightly past the South Summit. There's a 20 foot slip that you need to climb to, to finally reach the South Summit proper. Sadly, Rob was so debilitated after two nights in the open at 8,700 meters, he just couldn't get up. At one point, I remember reading about some of the controversy surrounding Rob Hall's final radio call to his wife. This was a powerful scene added to the 2015 movie based on the events of the 96 expedition. And I used to think that the 2015 movie was actually based on Krakauer's book into thin air. But doing some digging online, I found claims that this was actually not the case. And Krakauer has been quoted as calling the movie a bunch of bull. I would encourage you to watch the movie, read the book first, actually, because there's a lot of similarities. But I think the strength of the movie is helping provide some visuals to the story that Krakauer told. I tried to find a little more information about this final radio call because my mind, in its rapidly aging state, can't remember every single thing correctly. I know, total shock, but 
I had trouble really locating anything, but I want to say that I remember people being upset that the final radio call was something added to the movie and that their privacy should have been respected. As of right now, this book is holding just over four stars on Goodreads, I think 4.23 to be exact. And if you haven't really been paying attention to this episode the entire time, you should know that I disagree with that because I rated it five stars. The more books I read, the more I have gravitated more towards horror, true crime, murder mysteries, and similar genre books. I don't, I don't really believe that this book fits in with really any of those categories, but Into Thin Air remains my go-to book to recommend to others. You can be an avid reader or someone who wants to get started. It really doesn't matter. I think this book is perfect for anybody. It's a story that feels like it took place on an entirely different planet. I will never experience the death zone or any other aspects of an expedition like this. You know, if I win the lottery and I get six months of vacation time, sure, I would love to go do an expedition just to Everest Base Camp, just to see it in person. But I I don't see that being in the cards either, much less standing on the top. Krakow's writing allowed me to experience it, I feel like, as best as possible. But thankfully, from the comfort of my couch with my feet propped up and a coffee in my hand. Books like Thin Air, I think, are truly powerful because they create a historic record, but also they open up readers to a subject matter that can just keep them reading. This book introduced me to many others on the same topic, which in turn helped me discover books on other explorations, such as K2 or even cave diving. I mentioned this before, but it's worth repeating that this is a great book for anyone to read, regardless of what kind of books you typically like. Make sure you check out the show notes and description for all of the links to other accounts and articles related to Into Thin Air because there are some great reads out there related to this. Finally, if you read Into Thin Air, I would encourage you to check out Krakauer's other books. He's probably one of the few authors where once I read one book, I knew I had to read every single thing he had written. He has attacked so many different subjects with the same relentless approach and the same talent. As I look back on this book, honestly, it becomes really easy and really comfortable for me to just Sit here in my chair, in my office, donning some headphones, staring at a computer screen to offer a critique on this work by Krakauer. But I was I was suddenly reminded that this is more than just a well-researched and well-written book. I mean, don't get me wrong, it certainly is that, but it's way more than that, too. And it feels only right to remember that several people, including those who Krakauer called friend, died on this expedition. I had the luxury of reading the book and deciding what star rating to give it, while never experiencing the loss he did, knowing what it was like to see corpses on a mountain that were actually used as landmarks, spend time in the death zone, or feel the relief from reaching a tent firmly out of harm's way after descending from the roof of the world. This was a very personal work, no doubt close to his heart, And he recently just posted about it on his Instagram account. And I got curious and I looked at a few of the questions and answers there. Someone commented and said, thanks for sharing these great photos. Into Thin Air is such a powerful writing. 
I can't imagine how complicated your memories must be of that trip. What are some of the ones that stand out as positive or serendipitous? I thought his reply was quite telling of how the experience still impacts him to this day. Krakauer replied with, My memories and feelings of that trip are extremely complicated. I wish very much that I'd never gone to Everest. This book tells about an experience that is so uniquely his, but one that he was able to share in such a way as to make me feel just a tiny part of it. Thankfully, without the struggles, heartache, and loss. So it feels only right to close with one last quote from his book. It was titillating to brush up against the enigma of mortality, to steal a glimpse across its forbidden frontier. Climbing was a magnificent activity, I firmly believed, not in spite of the inherent perils, but precisely because of them. Until next time.